Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq El and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. Uh, we're also streaming at WCEV1450.com. For those of you who are new to the program, we're on every day. We're on from 6 to 7 p.m. Central uh, right here. And you can keep up with us on social media. Be a part of the Radio Islam family. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we always you know, we love to hear from our listeners. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, DM us, inbox us, write directly on our wall, tweet at us uh, at Radio Islam USA. Uh, also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, right? You might not have time or you might miss the uh, the live broadcast, but you can always go back wherever you get your podcast uh, and start off with RadioIslam.com. You can definitely check out all of our past episodes. You can look at guest bios, uh, get information and stay up to date with what's going on with the Radio Islam family. And for those of you who just want to pick up your phone and pull up the podcast, you can go to SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, tune in. We are basically wherever you get your podcast and you will find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, family, we are off to a new year, a new calendar year. Uh, 2019, and we are praying that it is going to be a year of, uh, of, of health, a year of productivity, uh, a year where we spend our time doing things that that have meaning. Um, so this is a program where we're, we cover a lot of ground. If this is your first time, um, yeah, we yeah, we cover a lot of ground. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, health. We're talking about social justice. Uh, technology, um, you know, government, politics, everything, right? So we talk about it all here from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. Today, we are going to start off talking with Bakari Tanja. Uh, he is a policy advocate with the African Services Committee, uh, as well as the co-founder of the Abolition Institute. He has been leading the campaign against slavery and human rights violations in Mauritania, for over two decades, uh, he has spoken on human rights issues at more than 100 universities and colleges around the United States and played a leadership role in major conferences and trainings around the world. Well, if we cannot have you in Chicago with us, it's always good to have you on the phone. In, in Chicago, you have been a wonderful uh, support to us in our struggle against uh, slavery and racial discrimination uh, in Mauritania. Oh, it is definitely our pleasure and our uh, our duty. So there have been some really important uh, events that have taken place recently uh, in Mauritania. Um, and we definitely want to talk about those uh, specifically regarding the imprisonment of, of, uh, of Brother uh, Biram Da'abid, um, who is who has been referred to as the Nelson Mandela of Mauritania. Um, and he was imprisoned. Could you talk a bit about that? Because he was just released, but kind of give the Radio Islam family uh, the backdrop as to how what what has taken place. Uh, yeah, you are correct. Uh, you know when uh, uh, you know you draw the parallel with uh, you know Mandela, uh, he has become the symbol of the struggle against uh, slavery and raci racial discrimination in in Mauritania. Uh, what happened uh, is that 
on uh, August 7, uh, he was uh, arrested at uh, uh, at his home uh, because of uh, a complaint filed by uh, a journalist. You know, we know that it was just you know a manipulation and uh, fabricated you know uh, charges against him uh, so that the government could prevent him from uh, running during the legislative elections on September uh, 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had registered uh, to, uh, you know, to run uh, for, for office. The government knew that because of uh, his strong support, his popularity, his commitment as a symbol of, uh, uh, you know, the struggle for the oppressed people in, in, in Mauritania, uh, he was going surely, uh, you know, to win. So they didn't want him uh, to uh, become a member of the parliament uh, because that will give him, uh, you know, a new opportunity uh, to speak uh, to the people of Mauritania and also to raise, you know, his, uh, you know, profile. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of that, he was arrested and kept in detention. Mm-hmm. And what happened was very interesting because despite of his uh, detention, uh, he was elected as a member of the parliament. Now he's a member. Uh, his name is Honorable uh, Biramda Abed. Mm, wow. So despite the fact that as a member of uh, the Mauritian parliament, uh, you know, he's covered by uh, the parliamentary uh, immunity, mm-hmm. but the government didn't care about that. And uh, the judiciary system is not independent. It is on, uh, you know, the act based on the instructions they receive from, you know, from the president. So they didn't care. They uh, kept him, you know, in detention uh, until December uh, 31st. Uh, he was uh, he was tried, and uh, because of uh, you know uh, since you know they didn't have any strong evidence you know against him, uh, they were forced to uh, you know to release him in save the face of the government. They claimed that the, uh, the you know the journalists who had filed a you know complaint against him mm-hmm. withdrew uh, his complaint. Uh, you know, so that is, you know, that is the situation. And uh, uh, he was warmly welcomed by uh, his supporters. And uh, his commitment remains, uh, you know, uh, you know, the same right. to, to fight against slavery and racial discrimination in Mauritania. And also, uh, he has already announced that he will be running uh, for the next presidential elections in Mauritania in 2019, uh, most likely around uh, uh, you know uh, June uh, mm. of this month is this year. Mm. How well? I, I can't say the question of how significant because it's extremely significant uh, that you have someone who has been fighting for uh, racial equality and for the end of the practice of slavery, which supposedly uh, was ended in, in uh, 1981. Um, but still persist to this day. 
But what can we expect to see on that front with regard to uh, this fight to end what what many try to uh, uh, pretend or say does not exist? Uh, yeah, you know, the reality is that, uh, you know, all the laws passed since uh, uh, in 1981, uh, you know, we have seen a series of uh, new laws until uh, 2000, 2007. Uh, they passed a law criminalizing uh, slavery. And in 2015, the that crime has been elevated as a crime against humanity. Mm. But the problem is that we have laws in the book, but they are not enforced. And uh, what is really shocking is that instead of uh, is, is it in, in, instead of uh, applying those laws, you know they are prosecuting and harassing uh, human rights activists and, uh, and anti-slavery activists such as uh, Biram and uh, all the members of, uh, uh, you know, ERA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the real issue is that those laws were not passed to address the issue of slavery, but to give the impression that, uh, you know, it has been taken care of, whereas people are still in bondage, people are still, you know, suffering, Slavery is still a reality, and racial discrimination uh, is getting worse and worse. Right. Now, I know one of the, the issues that I was uh, aware of was when it comes to elections um, and uh, the participation of Mauritanian uh, citizens uh, is that often the languages, that their, their first language, uh, whether it's uh, Wolof or whatever the language might be, uh, there were signs that were not um, they were not in their native uh, their native tongue. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think this the fact that he was elected to parliament, even in light of uh, those types of obstructions, is is even all the more impressive. Um, is I'm, I'm go ahead. Would you have something uh, to respond to that? No, go, go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I was going to also um, uh, just mentioning that to say that. Um, you know, there there's a lot of, of a lot of hope that's invested in his election uh, to parliament. Uh, but when it comes to things like that, is that is that something that's going to be like high up on the list of, of addressing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, the language, uh, you know, Mauritania is a very, very complex uh, a country and racial discrimination is at all levels. Uh, we have harassment, we have repression, we have slavery, and uh, we have cultural oppression because what the government is trying to do is to erase bl a, a black African culture, language, and heritage uh, in Mauritania, whereas Mauritania is a black, uh, you know, a black country. Right. You know, uh, so that has to be corrected. It has to be addressed. But that's why the best way to address, uh, you know, the situation is to have a member of the oppressed group to be in charge of the country. Uh, then we can be sure that all those fundamental questions will be adequately addressed. 
That's, you know, that is the reason why uh, Bibiram, as a human rights activist, mm-hmm. uh, has, uh, you know, is also involved in, in politics, you know, so that, uh, you know, he can uh, implement and uh, realize uh, his uh, agenda of uh, human rights. Right. Now, is that something that, um, uh, being a native of, of, of Martania yourself, is that something that you feel is is shared by the majority of people um, that contradicts maybe the enforcement of, of laws? Um, that you think that most people in general want to see a uh, a Mortania that is that is whole, where there's some there's equity, that you don't have these stumbling blocks of uh, you know of, of of oppression and uh, racism. Do you think most folks, regardless whether they're Black African or whether or otherwise, want to see a whole Mortania? Yeah, I am. You know, I am. I can surely say that. All black Mauritanians mm-hmm. uh, share, uh, you know, that opinion. Uh, they believe that in order to be equally treated, uh, you know, in Mauritania and to enjoy the fundamental, you know, human rights, uh, you know, our culture, our history, our language, they have to be, you know, respected. And uh, also from the Arab community, uh, you know, I would say that we have uh, individuals who are uh, who are honest, mm-hmm. uh, who see, you know, who are against you know injustice. But you know what happens is, you know, in general, when injustice is profitable to certain people, even though they recognize it as as, as injustice, mm-hmm. the fact that they are benefiting from it, you know, there is a tendency. To ignore it, you right. know, which is you know which is you know which is not normal. Uh, you know, whenever there is injustice, we have to have the courage uh, to denounce it and to join the fight against it. Hmm. Well, uh, do you think that um, that Baram's election now, and then also him mentioning um, uh, his intent to run? Um, he's going to be running for president. Is that the intent? Hundred uh, percent sure he will be, you know, uh, running. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter, uh, he, uh, you know, the barriers the government will try to, uh, you know, erect. Mm. Now, do you think that, uh, as it stands right now, and I'm sure this would, this is probably something for those people who profit off of uh, oppression and division would be really, really worried about. Do you think that his uh, chances, um, how would you estimate them? Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I know realistically speaking, it is very, uh, in order to uh, achieve, you know, fundamental change in a country like, uh, like Mauritania, where uh, the minority uh, Arab uh, has been in power since the independence of Mauritania in 1960, mm-hmm. uh, enjoying all the privileges. They control the government, uh, you know, the army, you know, the banks. Uh, it is not easy for them, you know, to give up all those privileges uh, because of, uh, you know, justice. 
you know, we have, uh, you know, seen the experience in, you know, in South Africa when uh, the uh, minority uh, white controlled, you know, the entire, uh, you know, country, the economy, the power, the politics and everything. Mm -hmm. But when they realize that, uh, you know, there is no way they can, you know, maintain, you know, that situation, they have to come to, you know, you know, they have to be, you know, realistic about it. So uh, this is going to be the same experience, you know, in Mauritania. So we are on the side of, you know, justice. We are on the side of uh, freedom. Mm -hmm. So injustice cannot remain, you know, forever. Right. Uh, people are uh, tired of it. And uh, they have the determination uh, to fight and to win. Mm. Last, last question for you. Um, the work that you have been doing um, through the Abolition Institute, um, how is this, uh, how is that work going to be impacted by, uh, by the recent election of uh, Brother Biram? Uh you know the goal of uh, or the mission of the abolition institute is to uh, help fight against uh, slavery in Mauritania and to promote uh, human rights and the rule of uh, you know of law. Right. Uh, so if Biram is uh, elected as you know as a president, yeah, you know that will be uh, a you know that will be a tangible you know result of you know the action and the support uh you know of the abolition uh yeah, institute uh we, we know that you know the situation is so challenging uh, someone like biram if uh, he is elected as a president he will have uh, a lot on his agenda hmm. so a uh, people who have supported him to fight to, to fight against uh, slavery and racial discrimination uh, will, uh, you know, reshape, you know, their, you know, their support uh, to, uh, be, you know, become uh, you know, into, uh, you know, development. Uh, we know that, for instance, slaves and former slaves, they don't have uh, land, uh, you know, the uh, lack of, uh, you know, you know, education. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, he will need, you know, he cannot succeed, you know, without the support of, uh, you know, all the organizations or individuals uh, who have been, uh, you know, fighting against uh, slavery and racial discrimination, uh, you know, in Mauritania. So those individuals, uh, you know, they need education, they need access to the land, uh, you know, they need socioeconomic uh, you know programs uh, so that you know, you know they can uh, become uh, you know independent and uh, self uh, you know sufficient. Right. So electing Biram will be you know the starting point uh, for social change. Uh, that social change, you know, the same way we all are on board to to fight against uh, slavery and human rights violations, we should remain on board. To support, uh, you know that, uh, you know social change. Mm, absolutely, uh, Radio Islam family. For those of you 
who uh, would like to know more about the Abolition Institute, you can go to StoppingSlavery.org. Uh, you can contribute there. You can keep up with what's going on. Uh, and we definitely say a collective prayer for the well uh, for the well-being of Biram Daabid, uh, and and for you as well, uh, Brother Bakri, for the for the wonderful work uh, that you continue to do. And as always, uh, we are here to support, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Thank you, Brother Tariq. We cannot do it without you. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, All right, Radio Sound family. Uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, but we will be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Folks, remember to keep up with us on social media. You will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, tune in. Wherever you get yours at, you'll find us 
So just look for us at Radio Islam USA. Subscribe, rate, review. Let us know what you think. We're always happy to hear from you. And last but not least, take a moment and stop by RadioIslam.com. There you can uh, you can check out all of our previous episodes, uh, get a little more in-depth information about our guest. Uh, you can definitely see their bios, pictures, uh, and just keep up with the Radio Islam family. All right, folks, this is the first jobs report of 2019. That's right. Our very first one. And each week we touch base with employment specialist extraordinaire Kimberly S. Pearson. And she gives us the rundown on what jobs are available, what resources, uh, all that great stuff that the Chicago Urban League provides. And we are happy to have her joining us on the line. How are you doing, Kim? Hi, I'm good. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so how are we starting off? I know, uh, you know, this is this is the new year. So, so what's going on? It's a new year, a new day, as some people would say. Um, and we are excited to be back. Uh, we're excited to to be here as a service to the community. Uh, we have some exciting opportunities coming up here at the Chicago Urban League to help individuals that are indeed looking to take their careers to the next level. Uh, first up, we do have an event coming up with Apple, an awesome opportunity. This is our first one, uh, we hope, first of many, where we are actually having um, hiring managers and members of their staff come in and talk about working for Apple in the retail division. And this is going to happen on January 22nd at 11 a.m. sharp. The session will be just about one long, one hour long, so it's imperative that you're on time because you can miss some really good information. Uh, it will start with presentations and information on how to apply for some of their positions, what the basic requirements are. Uh, surprisingly, they're not that steep. If you have a positive attitude, and looking to have a opportunity in career and customer service and if you have a love for customer service and technology not necessarily a guru or tech specialist but if you have the desire to become one this would be a great opportunity for you um, and you'll learn about that and then at the end you'll have time to speak with hiring managers and people who work for Apple to get an idea of, of some of what they experience on a day-to-day basis and to also get a better idea of what it could be like for you. You'll be able to ask personal questions uh, as it relates to you and that role. So we're encouraging anybody and everybody to come out. It's at 11 o'clock sharp. Tuesday, January 22nd. Uh, it'll be here at the Chicago Urban League, and you can contact me directly if you have any questions or shoot me an email. I will give all of my contact information at the end of the call. Uh, the other thing we have coming up is we have so many people in the working world these days that may uh, have an, may be employed, may not be employed, but looking for a new opportunity and not really able to commit full-time to a job readiness program such as the ones that we traditionally offer here. And so to cater to and speak to that audience, we are going to host a, a um, one-day job readiness crash course. The only requirement is that we do ask that you have at least some type of resume electronically available that you can 
pull up and use during the session because we will allot a portion of the time to work on resumes, but with just one day, it would be very difficult to write a resume from scratch. Um, during this time, we're going to go over mock interviews. We're going to answer questions about job interviews. I think this is an ideal opportunity for someone who's pretty sharp, um, has a good idea on how to do a job search, has had some luck with getting jobs or job interviews, but really just need a little nudge or a little one-off advice on how to continue to navigate that process, this is the opportunity for you. And we're doing this opportunity on January 15th. We're going to start at 10 a.m. and go until about 4 p.m. And we are providing a light lunch, um, but you can feel free to bring your own as we will allot a lunch during the session. Again, it's going to be on January 15th from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And it is open to anyone and everyone. I will also give my contact information if you'd like to RSVP with me for that. Um, we also have, of course, our goal is to help you get employed. Uh, one of our employers, it's a newer partnership, is with Rosebud Restaurants, and they have locations across the city, um, and they are looking to fill positions in actually all areas. So general managers, managers, uh, business managers, sous chefs, bartenders, servers, fussers, dishwashers, cooks, prep cooks, runners, all of those things, everything that they hire for, they're looking to hire, and they've partnered with the Chicago Urban League uh, to help them do so. So if you're interested in applying for any of their positions, it's I'm looking at this list. It's about at least 11 or 12 of them on here. Wow. Um, go to RosebudRestaurants, with an S, dot com, and make sure you put in Chicago Urban League as how you heard about the position or as a referral source, and we would be uh, glad to, to, to let you do that, you know, and just mention that you heard about it so they know that we are spreading the good news um, about them hiring. And then last but not least, as anyone that's interested in health care, um, I wanted to share that next week on January 9th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then again from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., this is great because it caters to people who work that 9 to 5. You can catch this event at the tail end, that second session. Um, Amita Resurrection Medical Center, they're having a job fair. Uh, they are looking for several opportunities or several positions. It's five hospitals coming together under uh, Meta Health, but it's five locations, and they're hosting their jobs there all together. And I'm looking at the locations, and all of their locations are actually in the city except for two. Um, most of them are in the city. So if you don't have a vehicle, you can still come out and participate in this fair. They're looking for patient care techs, uh, registered nurses, surgical techs, uh, cardiac radiation techs, and emergency room techs. And when you go to this event, what's really neat is you will also have an interview on the same day. So this is a, a really great opportunity to connect directly with an employer. Um, the website to register in advance is Amita, which is A as an Apple, M-I-T as in Tom, A, Healthcare Events with an S.com. Um, you can go to that website and register in advance, and the resumes can be uploaded also early, uh, but you want to make sure you bring them with you so that when you come 
and you talk to a recruiter that may have not had a chance to go online and see who's registered, you can still uh, give them a, a, ca a caption of your best self is what I call a resume. You'll have that available. And, again, that's January 9th, so that's next week. It's two sessions. They're doing a 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then a 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, and that, I don't have a phone number, but if you call, I do have a flyer, and I can just shoot it over for anyone that's interested. If you have questions about anything I mentioned, if you want to RSVP for the Apple Info session or Job Readiness Crash Course uh, or the link to Rosebud or more information on the Amita job there, please give me a call. My number is 773 Six two four eighty eight twenty eight, um, and my email address is k pearson p e a r s o n at the chicago urban league dot org. Uh, if you don't send it, or if you send it and it comes back, the phone number might be easier, and then I can send, give it to you over the phone. But again, it's seven seven three six two four eighty eight twenty eight, and uh, we are here and looking forward to serve you in twenty nineteen. All right. Sounds good. 2019 is off to a great start. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you very much, Kemp. And um, absolutely, yeah. So great start. Some folks are still uh, are still relaxing at home, but the Chicago <laughs> Urban League is 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 back at work. <laughs> yeah, we are here today. Yeah. finally. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are definitely looking forward to uh, to next week. Uh, like I said, we're off to a great start. So thanks, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Tariq. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Kim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Radio Sound family, that is the jobs report for this week, our very first one of the year. And as always, uh, we're going to begin this year reminding you that uh, even if you're not looking, you probably know someone who is. So be sure to share. Uh, this is a part of the, uh, the, the nightly broadcast, but it's also a standalone uh, segment that you can find anywhere you get your podcast. That being said, we're going to take a very short break but we will be back in a moment this is radio islam on wcev 1450 a.m you're not wired to have a response to this sound but when we introduce a new stimulus save the food we're helping to stop food waste save the food for tips and recipes visit savethefood.com brought to you by nrdc and the ad council Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Well, okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. 
No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. And remember, good people, keep up with us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to swing by RadioIslam.com. There you can check out guest bios, uh, pictures, articles, and lots of information related to Radio Islam. So we invite you, accept the invitation. Uh, also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. We are on Apple Podcasts, so subscribe, rate, and review. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks. Um, I guess I guess there is definitely going to be an awareness of the, the new year and everything that comes along with that. Uh, probably throughout this entire month, right? So uh, we will be touching base with this idea. Now, the whole thing, uh, the whole New Year thing, it does, like I said, it lasts for about a month. And I've got to tell you from me, uh, because even though I don't make New Year's resolutions in the usual sense of resolutions, uh, you know what I mean? Like this year, I'm going to do this and do that. I believe in making whatever change I intend to make at that moment, right at that moment. Because tomorrow, next week, next year, it is the biggest illusion in our lives, right? The absolute biggest. Uh, now, anyway, I, I fully support, though, uh, making decisions and acting on those decisions that will positively impact our lives. So if those decisions are made, if you're one of the folks who makes those types of decisions, December 31st, or you're making that list, uh, you know, at the beginning of December and just waiting for the clock, waiting for the clock to hit midnight and you're saying, I'm going to reset and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that differently or whatever it is, you know, I fully support that. And I think uh, that's great to have that type of, um, to have that kind of mindset and to just be geared in that direction, you know, to make positive change, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, but anyway, one of the things that I really hope is on people's lists of uh, their resolutions is going to sound really simple. But it's a huge thing. And that is uh, to speak up. Like I said, it sounds simple. But when we think about all of the things that come to the public's attention after years, I mean, after years and I mean, decades of being buried uh, and they come forward after, you know, at a point when no one can be held accountable for the wrong uh, that was done. And they generally, uh, be because we're looking at this large gap in time, uh, these are things that are coming to light well after the damage has been done to folks. Uh, you know, people have endured hardship and oppression and 
possibly, possibly had the truth come to light sooner, those people, those folk could have been spared whatever uh, that wrong was. Right. So that's, you know, th there, there's a problem uh, that that, you know, that exists there. Um, so but but it makes you ask the question, you know, why is it that people don't speak up? Why no one said anything sooner, whatever the issue is? Um, and the reason is, is because the truth, uh, it sounds good as an ideal. Right. As a value, it sounds good. Right. The truth will set you free. Right. But when the truth is opposite the aims of profit uh, and privilege of those who are in power, then the truth is the actual is the enemy, right? The truth is anathema to uh, to privilege and to the existence that affords others, um, you know, comfort and security. While others deal with poverty and they deal with uh, war, they deal with oppression, they deal with um, you know famine, all types of issues that we look at and we say and we recognize that these things are man-made that the human being has introduced that the human being has allowed for these things to exist that they've created a an environment a culture for these things to exist every space on the earth where we see conflict where we see famine where we see strife where we see war these are all spaces where uh these things especially when we look at prolonged wars these are uh these are situations that have been allowed to and encouraged to exist. So these are all these are all man-made. But as I said, the truth, it comes with a price. Right. The truth comes with a price and the truth is often uh, it's all it's often uh, subdued. Um, what really comes to mind, first off, I think about how I think it's uh, presidential records or something, something. Yeah, the presidential records are sealed for like 50 years. So the outgoing president, there are certain things that are not going to be made available to the public for 50 years, 50 years. Well, after, you know, this this uh, this president is no longer here to give an accounting. He's no longer here to um, to have to face any scrutiny. And the hindsight the conversation you have a conversation where it's not really a conversation uh, at all so this suppression of truth there's there's a there's a problem uh with that and we are worse off because of that but the truth um even though it does come with a price and uh, of course we can we can think about insiders uh whistleblowers right uh they often within the, the corporate world or if we think about uh, our own government. We think about folks like Eric Snowden or Chelsea Manning. We think about folks like that who have uh, cracked the this 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 wall of silence and have let the people know. They've put information out. They've shared information that has impact. It has impact with the way we see ourselves as citizens. The way we see our government. The way we see um, just our, our very existence, you know, and, and, and how we relate towards uh, 
you know, how our information is shared and uh, just just so many different levels that we that we look at this and we realize that our awareness is changed because someone had the courage to stand up and say something. Someone had the courage to break that uh, break that that cone of silence that allows for oppression to exist and perpetuate and to appear as if it is normal. Someone had to stand up and do what anyone could have done. I'm thinking about this, this old little uh, old poem, uh, basically to the effect of there was a job somebody had to do, but nobody did it and everybody could have done it. Anyone could have done it, but nobody did it. Something like that. Um, but these people, these people who understand the importance of using their voice. These are people who change. They change history. They change the present. Not just history. They change the present. So truth, it doesn't always come with uh, death. The price is not always death. But it often has been. I think of the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Whose image and memory have been largely distilled into one that depicts him as a uh, simply depicts him locked in arms with other activists, marching and singing, bearing the taunts, the ridicule and violence of his fellow American citizens at the time, uh, wherever they happened to be marching. As we know, famously, uh, he marched through Marquette Park, which was a Nazi stronghold at the time. Uh, and he said the, the, the racism, the, the, the violence, just the hatred that he experienced there dwarfed anything that he had ever experienced in the South. And that is a huge, huge statement, right? Uh, certainly dispels this idea of, of the North being gentle or more accepting or anything like that. Uh, but still, his image is certainly, as I said, it's, it's been watered down in, in a lot of ways because this is kind of what we think about. We think about him as... Um, in a really, in a very, very simplistic manner. Um, so when we think about his legacy, uh, and, and it's interesting because we are in January, uh, we will be observing later on this month, uh, January 21st, King Day, Dr. King Day. But what I would like for us to, to, to think about and to remember when we think about truth and we think about the price of of truth, the price of standing up and how that affects those who are in power, those who have privilege. Let's think about some of the last words that he shared and think about what those words meant to the power structure of that day. So we're about to listen to an excerpt of a speech that Dr. King gave in 1968 in a small church in Mississippi three weeks before his life would be taken give the Negro any land. Through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents 
to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with. And this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. Yes, as I mentioned, uh, three weeks later, he would be assassinated at the Lorraine Motel. Um, truth does have, it has a cost. Telling truth comes at a cost. And I also want to remind you, in case you did not know, in case you didn't know that the poor people's campaign for which he was traveling around and speaking um, was a campaign that was not simply just about black people. It was not just about the African-American. It was a call for America's impoverished to gather and to demand, demand their due. Uh, and it was not, uh, certainly was relative to the African-American. It certainly was a call for reparations, most certainly. Uh, and some would say that that particular call, that that message is a message that uh, that those who enjoyed privilege, who enjoyed power and influence uh, within our government, that that was the message uh, that they could not stand for. And that that was the reason behind his assassination. But nonetheless, truth telling, it does not always result in um, the loss of physical life. All right. Doesn't always result in a physical death. You know, at times it can be the loss of your profession, the loss of your good name, the loss of your family, or simply the loss of your freedom. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but it does make makes me think about a reporter, an investigative reporter, uh, Gary Webb, who was, uh, he did a piece exposing the Iran, uh, the, the whole Contra deal. You know, if you all remember that, um, how the Contras were, uh, this the, from uh, Nicaragua, how they were using the proceeds of cocaine sales to fund their war. And, uh, it was done under the cover, the protection with the knowledge of our central intelligence agency. Uh, and he blew the Gary Webb blew the, the lid off of that and, and showed how the cocaine, uh, crack cocaine epidemic that hit L.A., that hit so many other inner, city, inner cities around uh, the United States, uh, populated by in large African-Americans, uh, uh, people of color, uh, that it was something that was an orchestrated uh, event. It was not by happenstance. Um, this gentleman, he basically spent the rest of his career looking to be on with a uh, a reputable uh, news agency, you know, a newspaper. Uh, that didn't happen. He was blackballed. Uh, he had a lot of folks that came out of him, a lot of, of powerful folks uh, pushed back at him, had them in his sights, uh, had, had him in their sights, excuse me, and uh, and eventually he was found. Uh, he was found with 
two bullet holes uh, in his head, and it was ruled a suicide. I'm not going to go deep into that, but I, I don't know many folks that can that can work that one out. You know, that's some interesting uh, interesting physics there. You know, we've heard of one shot, but two shots. So, anyway, um, truth, right? Having an allegiance to truth, uh, having that as a resolution, right? To have the courage to stand up and say what must be said. Uh, that is one of the things that I hope is a part of our our uh, collective resolutions. But also, I want to share. I want to share one other thing. So there are times, you know, from my, my uh, personal page. Uh, my personal Facebook page, I will share uh, items publicly as many as many of us do. Right. Everybody has something to share. Uh, but I'm going to share something that is related to this idea of um, just of living. Right. Not being lost, not letting the present opportunity be lost. And it uh, it, it says this. One of these days. If you should be so fortunate, you may have a doctor tell you you have X amount of time to live. They'll tell you that there's nothing that they can do for you. And at that moment, you may realize that you have spent most of your life subduing yourself. You may look back over your life and realize that you were rarely, if ever, really present. You may think back. Not on what you said, but on what you didn't say. You may not think of what you did, but what you left undone. And the days ahead of you will seem far too short. And the regret at letting years pass by as you were held hostage by your own uncertainty and fears will seem overwhelming. And you might even feel stupid. Now, I said that you might be fortunate to get that notice. Because most people, most of us, don't get a heads up when our time on this earth has come to an end. Each day we leave our homes for whatever reason, headed to work, to school, running errands, etc. And some of us will not make it back home. We go to sleep, but some of us don't wake up. We believe that there's time to live, so we delay living. And instead, we simply exist. So leave no room for regrets. Say it. Do it. Live. That is the most, uh, and, and that is the end of the post, uh, but that is the most uh, pressing thing, the most pressing realization for me, uh, and it may be for you as well is that tomorrow, next week, next year, these are all illusions. And buying into the illusion that there's time to be had to tell the truth, there's time to be had to stand up, uh, to right wrongs, that there's time to address those issues, to do those things, well, it just it doesn't hold up. Um, on this program, we talk about quite a bit but the talk is always geared, hopefully, with God's permission, the, the talk is always geared to mobilizing us, to moving us, to, to, make it, to make us realize that we all have a collective responsibility. And this is probably the best time for us to talk about it because, as I said, this is a new year. 
right? It's 2019. And we want to build on the successes of 2018. We want to realize what we fell short. Um, but let's start off. Let's start off with a commitment to the truth um, as our uh, for, for my Muslim brothers and sisters who are listening. Um, as our holy book tells us, the Quran tells us to stand firmly for justice as witnesses to God, even as against ourselves. All right. So we don't let privilege, we don't let power, we don't let influence any of these things keep us from standing for justice. So uh, Radio Islam family, uh, we pray that something of benefit has been given uh, throughout this hour. Uh, we appreciate you as always hanging out with us, joining us. Uh, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, remember, radioislam.com. Follow us on social media. Catch us. Catch the podcast, uh, Radio Islam USA. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, everywhere that you get your podcast. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. We thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. Uh, we thank our sponsors, the Cop Foundation US. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, good people, we leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.